0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Vipe U Podcast. We've got a new crew. I'm still here. Will Turboff back here at the Vipe U Podcast. Uh, joined once again by Ella Hestand and for the first time ever by Tom Ball's Ashton Lux.
1: Ashton, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks Will, I really appreciate it. I uh, It's going to be my first year with Vipe View. Obviously I did some stuff with y'all over the summer, but uh, this will be my first official school year doing some stuff with y'all and I'm just really excited to be here. I really appreciate it, y'all.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're with, with Robert and Tinley now off to college, we knew we were gonna have a new crew this year. Uh, it's gonna be a really exciting show. We're gonna be a lot more story-based, uh, get in a lot of big interviews. We have a big interview today as well. Uh, So we're excited for all of you to see that. And Ella, uh, welcome back. Like I said, uh, how are you feeling about this year? And and what have you been up to uh, since the last time we saw you?
2: I'm really excited to be back. I think it's going to be a really fun year. There's a lot of uh, great athletes returning and a bunch of new talent on the scene that we get to cover. You know, this summer, I focused a lot on volleyball because I'm a varsity player at Shadow Creek. And in June, I actually got the chance to go to the College World Series. To see some great baseball being played, that was a great experience to see all of that. But I'm excited to get back with Vibe and get this podcast going.
0: Yeah, I mean, season two, we are, we're here. We're, we're ready for uh, just another great season. Uh, and let's go ahead and jump into it. It was an extremely busy summer uh, in amateur sports. Uh, that's, that's how we're really going to describe this in the next few weeks. Uh, because there are some guys in the class of 2022, more specifically, uh, some of the top guys in the state of Texas are not playing anymore. Uh, and that kind of came out of nowhere. And it's, it all stems from the name, image, and likeness ruling uh, on July 1st. College players are able to make money. That relates to one of these players, but not both of them. The first one is Quinn Ewers, uh, tied for the best recruit of all time uh 24 7 sports says so he is in ohio state now he's in columbus and he will be playing for the buckeyes this year uh, and bryce griggs this is a story uh, that just came out a couple days ago he played for hightower uh right here in houston and now he'll be signed with overtime elite so one guy goes collegiate uh, and one guy goes professional to a brand new league uh so what do you guys think of of this whole uh situation with guys deciding to forgo their high school
1: eligibility and either go to college early and, and go pro? So for me personally I uh, I play basketball and uh, for Bryce Griggs uh, although I think it is a great thing to be able to go pro and I mean obviously take care of your family and uh, just at an early age just to be able to make that type of money it, it's a good thing but I personally am not sold on the overtime elite league just yet just because I'm not exactly sure how they'll be bringing all the money in and obviously they offered to pay for tuition after the league is done and I mean I believe Bryce Griggs' contract was estimated at 1.2 million and also for two years because he won't be he's not eligible for the draft until he's 19 so he'll either have to do that uh, for the next two years or obviously go overseas because high school and college is no longer a choice for him but for uh, Quinn Ewers I think it's a great thing because you know um, although you may get to miss out on your Senior experiences, which is very tough at times. Sometimes high school is just not for people anymore and they need to move on to bigger and better things.
2: I agree. I think there's also that component where it's you never know what's going to happen this senior year. Like if you get injured, you could lose your scholarship, lose those opportunities. There's just a big what if factor. And so obviously these guys know what they're doing. They have had tough conversations and they're doing what they think is best for them. And you know, I've seen Bryce Briggs, Bryce Griggs, excuse me, play since he was an eighth grader and he just plays at a completely different level. He's a very talented athlete. I've seen him grow from a young 14 year old in junior high to this um, great high school player. And I think he's got a good shot with overtime. Um, Obviously there's controversy about it, but I think he knows what's best for him and the money standpoint is a great factor. And for yours, it's that's a good chance for him to go play, make money from his name and Ohio state's definitely lucky to have him. He's got a good, great opportunity there. So I, I think the argument could go either ways, but I think both these guys have made a good decision for the most part on their own playing.
0: Yeah. Robert and I had had a conversation uh, on one of the last episodes uh, in the first season and it was about name, image and likeness and, and kind of, uh, you know, where that could possibly go. Obviously that was before the ruling, uh, and the first guy that both of us thought of uh, is Quinn Ewers. When you talk about NIL, he's got the mullet. He plays, you know, really fun. He's got the sidearm. Uh, he will be the face of college football if this pans out. Uh, and he could be in the next couple months. I mean, he's, he's playing for what will be uh, one of the best teams uh, in college football. He may have a chance to play at some point. There's a very slim chance. Uh, but he's already racked up a bunch of endorsement deals. Uh, A a site that he is endorsing uh, broke because he generated so much traffic. Uh, This guy's really fun to watch. Uh, He's going to be really fun off the field. Uh, He's got a big, you know, faith component, and I think that's going to attract a lot of people. Um, So really excited to see what he does. Uh, As for Griggs, not a lot of high schoolers are going to turn down $600,000 a year uh, for two years. That's $1.2 million. He'll barely be 19 uh, by that point. So to go into the NBA, hopefully uh, a millionaire uh, is going to be a really great thing for him. Obviously we don't know what overtime elite is going to be like. Uh, Hopefully that pans out. Um, It's a new league. Uh, You're going to see guys going there. You're going to see guys going to the G league. Uh, and NBL over there in Australia is another one. So recruiting has really changed uh, since the last time we were here, not only in basketball, uh, but in football as well. Uh, so we've got that part knocked out. And now let's talk about some high school football, because that is what we're here to do in the next couple months. We'll cover a few different sports, uh, but football is what we do. And Vipe recently let out their preseason public football class 6A top 20. Uh, Last year, the top two were North Shore and Katy. That has flipped this year. Katy, who won the 6A D2 championship, is now number one. North Shore, who lost a lot of talent, uh, is number two. So we'll start off with this question, guys. Katy lost their district last year. Uh, They lost, I believe, the first district game in about 13 years to Tompkins in the middle of the season to Jalen Milrow and company, and then they went on to win every game. Uh, dominated every game in the playoffs. Are they a lock to win the district this year? Is it even going to be close?
1: For me personally, I think Katie is a lock to win district 196 a And despite last year's losing the Tompkins because of the obvious Jalen Milrow and Marquis Shoulders in the offense and for the defensive side, Colby Huter, uh, excuse if I pronounce that name wrong, but uh, I, I just think there's still a lock because, I mean, obviously Coach Gary Joseph's got his track record speaks for himself and also despite the quarterback situation throwing uh, Caleb Kroger who was basically just thrown to the spotlight as a sophomore last year, he still produced 1500 yards and I believe 23 touchdowns and as a sophomore that's just not heard of and so I would love to see his, um, his progression throughout the year. but also for the, uh, the defensive side, uh, Jalen Davis graduated last year, which sucks but I mean obviously Am commit Bobby Taylor is coming up and. I just think that he's going to be able to produce this here very well. Ella, any thoughts on this? I know this, this Katie district is not exactly in your realm,
0: uh, but it's, 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 it's a big district and it's, it's going to get a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of coverage of it from Vibe all year.
2: Yeah, I'm obviously not an expert, but I did, Katie did beat Shadow Creek in the playoffs last year. So I've seen this team in action. They're definitely hungry for their victories, but I always believe that you can't underestimate a team. If Katie is this good, the trend that we're going to see, I think, is that every team is going to play their absolute best against Katie because they're just as hungry to beat them. Like they want to take the champs down. So I think that's going to be a big story this year is if, if some team is able to overcome that, um, the Katie Tigers, it's, it's going to be a big deal. And I think we can't underestimate anyone in their district.
0: Yeah, I think if any team is going to do it this year, uh, it'll be Tompkins again. Uh, make sure to go check out a story that uh, Dennis Silva did on Vibe.com on Cole Francis, who is the new quarterback uh, for Tompkins. Uh, I've gotten a chance to see him at a couple camps. He looks really good. The Tompkins team looks amazing, um, but Katie is a little bit more than amazing. Um, I think they'll go undefeated this year. Playoffs will be a different story, though, because I assume they'll be back Uh, in 6A-D-1, based on the way things went last year. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see who they match up against. So we noted that Katie was number one, and North Shore was number two. North Shore will be without the ring king. uh, Last year's Vipe cover athlete, Demetrius Davis, as well as Shadrach Banks, who has had uh, a shaky uh, offseason, has already transferred. Um, So North Shore doesn't have those two players and their district foes, Beaumont, Westbrook Sea, King, Atascacita, and Summer Creek. That's five teams that uh, I just mentioned right there, and they're all in the same district. Uh, those other four teams seem to have really complete squads. So who has the edge in this district, and who out of these teams won't make it to the playoffs because one of those five will not make it?
1: Obviously, I mean, Grin, we all know who North Shore is, what they do and just the the way that they can complete the players that come in. Obviously, a lot of players transfer to North Shore just to play for them, and just the, their development program as a standpoint is very good, but for me personally, I think the one team that's not going to make it is Belmont Usbrook. I'm just, I'm not sold on them, although they are a good complete team. They, they had a subpar season last year, and they did not break 500, and uh, we obviously got destroyed by C.E. King, but I'm not going to count them out just yet because they had close games with the Cita and they lost what by one point in uh, overtime. But they also did beat Summer Creek, so it is going to be a toss-up, like you said. But for me personally, I think the first one knocked out is going to be Belmont Westbrook.
2: You know, um, I think North Shore is going to be completely fine this year. They are losing talent, but they are a very talented school. They've got a bunch still left. Like they're not going to suffer too hard. They're going to have some new leadership, but I think it'll be a good change for them and to see how they compete with this new structure of a team. And within this district, I, I do know a little bit about Summer Creek, and I actually think that they might be the weakest in this district right now because they're lacking offensively. They haven't been able to get good um, connections between their quarterbacks and their receivers, and I think that without that, they can't compete against these high-level teams like Atascacita and North Shore, like they're going to struggle this year. And I think uh, if they can overcome that, they've got a good shot. But I think right now, Summer Creek is going to be the weakest in that district.
0: Yeah. I'm going to agree with you there. Uh, I think Summer Creek has uh, some really talented players. Kelvin Banks Jr. is one of them who was on the uh, 2021 Vibe football preview. Uh, Make sure to get one of those magazines and, you know, all of our coverage that goes along with it. Uh, But yeah, a lot of star players in this district. North Shore is stacked. They'll be stacked forever. Uh, I kept mentioning that they lost talent, but man, they still have a lot there. Chris Ross, Denver Harris, um, Ty Leonard. Uh, The team is stacked. Uh, They'll win the district. C.E. King, I think, will be second. I think they're going to take another big step. I've already gotten a chance to see them this year. Uh, And I think depending on what Bryce Anderson does for Westbrook this year, Uh, They could make a big push as well. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to say Summer Creek will struggle uh, in the regular season. Probably lose at least uh, three of those games, maybe all four of them uh, in district. We'll just see how it goes. You can lose three district games there and and still be sitting pretty in the playoffs. Uh, So definitely the best district uh, that we're going to preview today and maybe the best one in the state. Definitely the biggest name players in that one. Uh, Klein Kane, ranked 19, probably would have been ranked a lot higher if their star player, Jaden Blue, had not decided to forego his senior year to focus uh, on academics and focus on leadership and preparing to head to the University of Texas uh, next year. But they've still got a really talented team. They're a top twenty team in the in the Houston area, according to Vibe. Uh, are they going to be able to fulfill these expectations, though? Because they do have some some talented players. A lot of teams, you know, are going to have a lot of you know depth, and and Klein Kane does. Uh, but they're losing the best running back in the state, uh, and it's as simple as that. Are they going to be able to? You know, to really rebound from this and and find a guy that's going to lead them to a good season.
1: So for me personally, although uh, Jaden Blue leaving, I I don't think that we can count him out. Obviously, the Klein Kane, uh, excuse me, Klein Kane and the Brisbane game will be going on in the twenty eighth with the big ESPN coverage. You got Matthew Golden, Carson Roper, obviously Connor Wigman for Brisbane. but um, I don't think that we could count out Klein Kane just yet because I mean. With Carson Roper and and, uh, Matthew Golden playing together, obviously Matthew Golden committing to TCU, he still had an amazing year last year, despite losing touches to Jaden Blue. So I think when you combine Jaden Blue's touches and basically give most of them to Matthew Golden and allowing Carson Roper to play freely uh, without having to run the ball as much, I think Matthew Golden and Carson Roper will have a good year. Obviously, Jaden Blue does bring a lot of versatility to the offense because he can catch but um, I don't think that we can count them out just yet.
2: Yeah, there might be a bit of a mental block at the beginning of the season. I think losing a star running back like that could have a bit of a mental effect to the team. But as the season progresses, I think klein Caden is going to work it out. They're going to uh, become the star team, especially with Golden and the leadership that he will bring to the team. That losing Blue, you might see a difference in the very beginning of the season. But with time, Klein-Kane will work it out, and they will uh, recover and rebound from that and be the team that uh, the area expects them to be.
0: Yeah, I was able to see uh, what Klein-Kane had done uh, in the offseason, kind of preparing uh, to lose Jaden Blue. They had a great seven-on-seven squad, obviously. It's much different from what we'll see in a couple weeks. Uh, But Carson Roper looks great. Uh, Matthew Golden is one of the best receivers in the state, no matter what anyone says, uh, just can, can outlast almost any defensive back that I've seen so far. Uh, so I think this is going to be a really good team. Not so sure how they'll do in the playoffs. They will make it. Uh, it's going to be – there's going to be some really good teams this year, and it's going to be a lot harder than it was last year. The class of 23 uh, is really going to start to shine, and they've already proved uh, to be really good. And now let's go ahead and hand it down to our interview for this week. All right, now I am here with the Woodlands QB out of the class of 2024, Mabry Matower. Mabry, you have had an incredible past few months. Um, You know, how are you feeling right now?
3: I mean, it's unbelievable, to be honest. Um, I never knew recruiting was going to start this early for me. It's always been a dream, but it started, so. It's been really cool to see how things work, because I saw it it work with my brother, so it's
0: been really cool to see that. Yeah, you kind of just popped on the scene uh, for a lot of the mainstream Texas high school football people. Uh, I heard about you in the beginning of June, right when camp started up, and then it was just like you were the only thing people were hearing (laughs) about. Uh, You had an offer in February from Georgia Tech, so I'm sure you knew things were going to kind of get started a little earlier than you expected like you said Uh, and then these camps start and the offers just keep coming in so Louisiana Monroe Kansas State and then you get LSU on the spot at a camp is that right yeah yes sir so you go to that LSU camp there's some of the best talent in the country Uh, take me through that whole few days there and and you know what your conversations were with the coaches
3: So, I was coming from the SME mega camp and I was debating if I was going to go to the TCU camp or the LSU camp. And my coach, because I was going to go to the LSU camp later in that month, but my coach persuaded me to go with like some of our teammates to throw to. And so we like changed our mind right on the spot. We went to LSU. Uh, We were doing the camp. They treated me really well. Like, Coach O came up to me, talked to me. And then Coach Pete was like shocked I was there because he thought I was coming later in that of the month. And then I started working out, and then towards, like, the middle of it, they pull me aside, like, when everyone's on a break or in the middle of the field. And uh, they start talking to me, and then Coach O and Coach Pete were like, we're going to offer you. And I was shocked. I was like, it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's, you know, unbelievable. You, you have, like I said, a few offers under your belt at that point, uh, but SEC, LSU – I mean, that's, that's just something every kid dreams of. Uh, yes. So I'm sure it was just, just surreal. And then you get Texas Tech uh, later in the month. Uh, so kind of take me through that whole month. I know you were real busy, and, and you had a you know, super busy summer even after that.
3: So I got Texas Tech uh, like two or three days after. And I was just laying in bed, and then they, they called my coach. My coach texted me. I was like, "Oh shoot!" And then so I had I called the Texas Tech coach, like they've been following me, like following me on Twitter and stuff. And I like inboxed them on my film. And then I think they saw me at a camp, but like the somewhere in Houston because it was like a mega camp, like a little mega camp. And I guess they saw me there, and then
0: I just kind of went off from there. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I know that HBU camp uh, very early on. A lot of offers came out of that, like you said, SMUs. Two huge camps. Uh, a lot of guys got some great showcase, and, and obviously you were one of them. Um, so you, earlier on, you mentioned your brother, uh, McCade, who played for the Woodlands and now plays for Cal Berkeley. Uh, what advice has he given you in these last few months? Just stay humble and
3: don't let anything get to you. Don't let like,
0: the hype get to you because
3: that can go away like that and just play your best on the field.
0: Yeah, obviously, if you're getting comparisons to Trevor Lawrence, Uh, every other (laughs) second it's hard to stay humble but you're doing a great job uh and not only has mccade been through this uh but your parents have been through it already uh and they've gone through this whole you know process of being recruited uh do you think that's given you an advantage to you know they kind of coach you on on how to talk to programs
3: oh yeah for sure because i mean while that was happening with my brother i would like listen in on some of the conversations just to like see what he was saying and I've kind of, like, done the same, like, implied it with when I talk to other coaches. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know playing at the Woodlands uh, is, is something the guys from that area really dream of from a young age. Were you one of those <laughs> kids and, and, you know, big, big fans since you were young? Yeah. So, like, in fourth grade,
3: well, whenever my brother was a freshman, he was on varsity. And he was one of three at the time, like, to go on varsity as a freshman. And then I had that goal in my mirror for the longest time until I got to my freshman year and it happened. And so I got to cross it off my mirror. And I was like, that was like
0: one of my biggest goals at that time. And I just keep making bigger goals after that one. Yeah, that's that's just awesome. Uh, So you come in your freshman year. It's such a weird year. Uh, There's restrictions. There's there's so many things that are really holding you back. Um, And then you get to play. Uh, In your freshman year, you said about 50-50 in some of the games, maybe a third. Uh, Take me through that entire year and and how you kind of adjusted uh, to COVID and and everything that went along with it.
3: Well, so I think COVID helped me out a lot because I was, like, transitioning to play quarterback. Like, I kind of started in eighth grade and ninth grade like, really the year I played quarterback. And COVID helped me a lot. I was training every day, like, two to three times a day. And then uh, once that football season came, I was ready to go. I had Sean Salisbury, which is one of my quarterback coaches, and we would watch, like, film of the other team just in case, like, I was going to be put on the field. That finally happened, so preparation equals success, as my mom would say. I was ready, and the first pass I ever threw was against Grand Oaks, and it was a 54-yard uh, pass in the air for a touchdown. And then I was a 100% completion rate until the
0: playoffs you've got all the measurables 100 percent completion rate until the playoffs uh that's not as close <laughs> as you can get to perfect that is perfect so you've got the stats and you've got the actual measurables you're six uh you're maybe the tallest quarterback in all of texas high school football right now uh how do you think that's helped you and how do you think it's hurt you i mean i don't really
3: think it's hurt me but like I feel like it's definitely given me an advantage because my O-line is so tall. Like, it's literally, I feel like it's a college O-line because we have Caden Soraki, who's 6'8". He's committed to Baylor. Then we have his brother that plays on the other side. And then we have my cousin, which his name's Cross. He's like 6'3", like 330. Our whole line averages over 300 pounds. So, like, it's definitely giving me advantage being able to see
0: over everybody. Yeah, that's incredible. You guys, uh, seems like you've developed a great relationship with each other. The Soraki's are really fun guys to be around. Oh, yeah. uh, what can the- you say about them? And and even at the photo shoot uh, a couple months at Sam Houston State, they're, all of you guys were having a lot of fun. Uh, so what can you say about the chemistry? Well, me
3: and Colton, which is like one of my best friends, we went to the same elementary. So like, we've been like family friends forever. And so and my cousin, my other cousin, which is Cross's brother, was on the O line last year, and so I got to play with him. So it's just been like a big family atmosphere on the field, and like they always had my back when people were talking trash to me and stuff. So it was really cool. Yeah,
0: we know the Woodlands is a big family. That, like I said, that it's just a great community over there. Uh, and now you're looking forward to a pretty big season. Uh, a lot of people know your name, obviously a lot more than the people that did last year. Uh, and you're going to start off with some huge non-district games, Lamar, Bridgeland, and Katie. Uh, so two yep. of those games, some other high-profile quarterbacks. Uh, what kind of pressure do you feel with those three games? I mean, I don't really feel any pressure. All I, have to, all I
3: need to do really is just outplay them. That's my goal, to just compete my hardest and just work the hardest on the field when I'm there. And that goes yeah. for any game
0: I play. Absolutely. I think you you talked about the preparation and everything you've been putting in. So these are games where you're going to be the underdog, maybe not Lamar, but definitely Bridgeland and Katie. Uh, So what can you say about a team in the Woodlands who is generally a powerhouse uh, that is going to be coming in as an underdog against some of these teams? You know, why do you think that makes this team even more driven uh, and, and, you know, so passionate?
3: I think like all of our guys on our team, we all were like, we're like brothers. So like, once we get on the field, like we don't feel like the underdog, like in the locker room, we're all talking about it. And we hear, hear like all these comments about how we're going to be the underdog. We don't let that get to us, but we're just going to work our hardest and try
0: to compete the other team. Yeah. Well, you've got a great shot of doing that this year. You're in a tough district though. Uh, Vipe has already previewed uh, district 13, 6A. There's a lot of great teams and there's another great quarterback from your class. Uh, Derek yep. Lagway goes to Willis. Uh, have you had any conversations with him? Are you familiar with him at all? Uh, I'm, what's your I'm relationship? With him.
3: I, I've met him a few times, but I haven't really talked to him. Like we follow each other on social media, but we haven't had like big conversations. But I, I know who he is. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that Woodlands Willis game late in the season uh, in the district matchup. I'm sure it'll have some playoff implications, and and you know, <laughs> sure. it's, it's going to be a great game. You've got a lot of great games uh on the schedule uh so what if some of your teammates told you about I know you've played a little bit uh in varsity but what have they told you about those high pro excuse me high pressure situations and in, in big games like that what, uh,
3: well uh, what the line has told me they said they like me in the backfield behind be them because like I feel confident when I'm on the field and they like having like a confident quarterback so like I don't really feel like I'm too young to play if you know what I mean like I know, like, what's going to happen. Like, I know what can happen and stuff like that.
0: That's great. Well, you're looking forward to a great season. What is your personal goal for you? And then what is your main goal for the team this year? My personal goal for me is beat the district record, which is, like,
3: 398 passing yards. And I want to try to throw for 500-plus. And then um, I want to throw for 4,500 yards this year. And then my team goal –
0: Uh, is to go to state and then win district. Win district and go to state. Uh, The Woodlands has done that quite a few times in their history. You're playing for a a historically great team, like I've said. So why do you think this team, this 2021 team, can go to state and and possibly win it? I think we got a lot of
3: good weapons on the field, like on defense. We have have Bradley Warren. We have uh, Evan Dubin, Ethan Winfield. Uh, and then the offense, we have we have a, a great receivers. We have Ben Ferguson, which y'all know. We have Patrick, Patrick Rabble, And then we have Branson McShaffery. And then we have a great O-line.
0: So I think we're going to be able to get, like, fight through those hard situations on the field. Yeah, they've, you've got all those guys, and they've got some guy named May Bremen Tower. So I think <laughs> the Woodlands will be in good hand this year. Uh, we wish you all the best luck and uh, hope you. to talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. I just got done a few minutes ago with the interview with Maverick Matower, and we mentioned uh, how he brought up all of his teammates and, and really has developed a great relationship with a lot of those guys. A few minutes after we finished this interview, uh, he told me that he wanted to make sure that one of his receivers, Camden Cash, was mentioned. He says the Camden Cash is one of the best route runners that they have and he is looking forward to playing with him this season to be honest i think that says a lot about this guy's uh relationships with his teammates and the leadership that is he's already showing from such a young age class of 2024 he's only a sophomore this year he's already played some varsity ball we are so pumped to see what maverick tower does this season Well, we want to thank our guest once again for coming on the show, and we will have an interview just about every week here uh, with some of the top talent in Texas. So, we're going to close out this show with a few questions uh, for the two of you guys, and I'll answer them as well. So, Westlake and Katie were the 6A champions last year. Of course, Westlake in D1, uh, Katie in D2, and they separate those at the end of the year when the playoffs are coming up. So, not knowing who's going to be D1 and D2.
1: Who do you guys think will take home the trophies this year? So for me personally, obviously in D1, I think uh, with Kluvenik coming back to Westlake, and I just think it's going to be very. And obviously with Southlake-Carroll losing uh, Ewers, I think it's going to be very hard for anybody to beat Westlake. Obviously, if Katie gets put up in D1, uh, they'll give him a good game because obviously demolishing uh, Cedar Hill last year, 51-14. to I just, I'm not sure that anyone can really beat Westlake like that. And obviously you got Duncanville who got knocked out in the semifinals. But like I said, for me personally, it's, I'm going to have to take Westlake. And obviously it's going to be a gamble with uh, either Katie on D1 or D2. If they end up going D2 again. I'm going to have to take Katie.
2: Yeah, I think Westlake might be undisputable here, but I, I wouldn't count out Duncanville or even North Shore. Um, you know, I think that you never know what's going to happen in those late games when people are that hungry for a title. And D2's up in the air. If Katie's there again, it'll probably be them. But it's just, you never know. But I think Duncanville, Westlake, and North Shore, as well as Katie, I think those are the four names that we'll be hearing a lot for those final games.
0: Yeah, we'll go unanimous. Uh, Westlake, D1. Uh, I told someone a couple weeks ago, I don't think they'll win a game by less than 20 points this year uh, at least in the regular season we'll see how it goes in the playoffs Uh, if you think they were good last year uh, just wait until you see the roster that they have this year Uh, they're the best team in the state they could go up against just about anyone in the country I think Uh, so they'll win d1 d2 I think we're gonna have a champion from the Houston area and that will be spring so spring is coming out of nowhere this year Uh, Bishop Davenport, committed to Utah State. Uh, He's their quarterback, uh, Gerard Henderson. This is a great team. I think they're the most underrated team in the state. Uh, And I think they'll just, like I said, come out of nowhere and go ahead and win a state championship, uh, 6A D2, especially if D1 is a little bit heavier uh, than D2 and Katie ends up going D1, which I assume they will. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, So leading to this now spring is a team that's going to surprise me. Uh, but even more so, I think there's going to be some teams that come out of nowhere, even more. Uh, and, and there's a lot of programs that are really developing a lot of new schools right now. Uh, so what's a team that you guys think will surprise everyone this year?
1: Uh, obviously uh, we had talked about it, uh, prior, but, um, Ella's school, I think shadow Creek, uh, they did win five a state, uh, two years back, but, um, bumping up to 6A was a bit of a struggle with them, obviously dealing with Kyron Jones' injury and him end up going to school, uh, graduating. I think they're still going to surprise us because, I mean, with uh, Duke Butler coming up, the rising junior, he he very he impressed me uh, very well and just overall watching him play against Brisbane last year and uh, getting into the spotlight, throwing in, not knowing if Kyron was going to play or not. And he still produced and almost beat Brisbane last year, which ended up going to the, very deep in the playoffs and losing to Rockwell Heat. So for me personally, I think Shadow Creek, you can't count them out.
2: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, Shadow Creek has a – we have a – after a disappointing season, I think we've got a pretty good chance at getting far this year. But I I think Katie Tompkins might surprise people. Like, obviously, they're supposed to be pretty good. But um, if they can – they'll most likely come out second in that district behind Katie. And if they can go far in playoffs, I think they'll surprise people. And you never know, you might see them in state if they can take out a good Katie team, which is unlikely, but you, you just never know.
0: Yeah, you really never know uh, how things are going to turn out this season. Uh, but I'll stay in the same district that Ashton was in in 6A23, the one that Ella and I are, as I go to straight Jesuit, uh, Aleef Hastings. A team that is generally not good and and one of, if not the lowest team uh, in that district. I think they're going to make a big push this year. They might even make the playoffs. Uh, if Shadow Creek will, then so will Paraland and Paraland Dawson. It's going to be really a fight for those three and four spots in that district. Uh, Hastings has got some great talent. David Oki is a name uh, that comes to mind. So we'll see how that turns out for them, and I think that'll kind of finish the episode for this week. This was episode one, so if you had excitement, you know, from this one, we're we're so pumped uh, for just a full great season. Uh, we'll be in the studio sometimes to bring you some live episodes. Ashtonella, what are your thoughts on on just this whole year and and what we're going to be able to do?
1: Just Overall, I, I really appreciate y'all having me. Obviously, this being one of my my first uh, outings with Vibe, but uh, I'm just super pumped because, I mean, obviously with football this year and Jaden Blue, Quinn Ewers, all those guys leaving, and even basketball with Bryce Griggs, you just never know because some of the top guys are all gone. So I think it's going to be an exciting, and I think it's going to be an impressive year this year. I just really appreciate you all.
2: Same. I'm excited for this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially during – this football season with such new teams coming around. I'm also excited to get some volleyball in here. That's my specialty along with football and, you know, with season kicking off, there's a bunch of teams that are doing better than expected and some that aren't performing as well. So it's going to be interesting to uh, see what comes of that and talk about that a little bit on the podcast, but I'm really excited for season two. It's going to be a great year of sports without, um, COVID just lingering over everybody. We're starting to get back to normal. So I'm excited to cover some more great high school sports with y'all.
0: Well, I think our tagline this year should just be, you never know, because that's what we've said already quite a few times in this episode. The, the Texas high school sports game is really unpredictable right now. It's going to be so fun to cover uh, next week. We'll have another special guest. Uh, we will preview some more of the top 20 teams in Houston and we'll cover some volleyball. So for Ash and Lux, Real Hestan and Will
2: Turboff and we'll see you next week.